sportsmanship, confidence building, positive attitude, learning from failure, and success. You'll find it all here. This is Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is Sports Psychology Today, produced in partnership with The Washington Times. For more episodes of our show, go to thewashingtontimes.com, and for more information on our podcast or to advertise with us, go to my website, winnersunlimited.com, and email me at drj at winnersunlimited.com. You know, every week on our show, I interview people about success, about failure, about overcoming obstacles, about working with young people. One of my passions as a sports psychologist in practice for 37 years has been working with young athletes, young coaches, helping them accomplish their goals. We spend a lot of time in our society today talking about winning, talking about coming in first, talking about who's the best. But, you know, who are the people who accomplish their goals, who do come in first? Are they always winners? Not necessarily. If you come in fifth place or eighth place or last place, are you a loser? No. You may have lost the competition, but you may have gained something and learned something about yourself. What I have found is there are a lot of people throughout our country who are working with young people in a variety of programs to help them accomplish their goals. Everyone doesn't have the opportunities to get a sports psychologist to talk to or a physical therapist or a personal trainer or a personal coach or, or spend time at a hitting facility or a tennis club or a golf, a golf lesson somewhere. Lots of kids don't have that opportunities, but a lot of people are out there teaching them about attitudes, about confidence, about positiveness, about growth, about learning. And today we're going to talk to Buck Martinez, who has a program called Student Aces in Palm Beach, Florida. It's a fascinating program because he's working with young people to teach them values, to teach them about success and failure, but to teach them about accomplishing their goals and feeling good about themselves. And now I'm privileged to be talking to Buck Martinez. He and his daughter, Chrissy, are the founders of Student Aces. It's a nonprofit organization in Palm Beach, Florida, and they work on teaching leadership to young athletes, to young people, character development and values. And it's, it's something, obviously, as you know, with my podcast program that we do here every week, we try to talk with people who are helping kids, helping parents understand themselves, become better people. So, Buck, thank you for taking the time to join me this morning. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, Dr. Jacobs. I really appreciate the opportunity. So tell us about your program. Tell us how you got started with this and why you're doing this and what you see with young people that they need to develop and learn about themselves. So uh, a few years ago, I worked in the energy industry for 35 years, but I've always been involved uh, teaching kids, coaching kids. I've got you know three daughters of my own and they were always very involved in sports, whether it was competitive softball or tennis and, and many other things. And I always felt a huge passion to work with kids. I also worked with a lot of young men, uh, teaching them baseball and hitting and all that. So um, I always found that the athletes, having been a college athlete myself, we always have a lot of pressure on us and the pressure to excel, the pressure to do well in school. But nobody tries to recognize the kids for the different things that really make up the individual, which is values and character. And Nobody's recognizing the kids for being a person of integrity, being a person that is truthful. And, and what we found was, you know, we had an opportunity. I was talking to my daughter, and, you know, we were like, okay, what are we going to do uh, to try to make this a better generation? I'm kind of winding down my career, and 
I really want to get involved in, you know, being uh, with the young men and women of, the, of this country. And she challenged me to do something. And we started with this concept of student ACEs, and ACEs stands for Athletics, Community, and Education. So what we wanted to do was was bring young men and women that were, in essence, well-rounded. They were in sports, which I believe is a place where you can truly demonstrate leadership and truly demonstrate the, val- the, the character that you are and that you possess. And then also education, because we wanted kids, not necessarily a 4.0 kid, but kids that were striving to be the best that they could be in their schools. And then also a kid with a heart to be a servant leader, someone who wanted to give back to their community. So make a long story short, we talked to some of the schools. What, what we got from the schools was that nobody's teaching these kids values. And many, many kids today, a high percentage, never have dinner with their parents. So nobody's reinforcing a lot of these values. And today a lot of our kids are challenged. They have a single-parent home. Many do not have fathers in their lives. So we really started kind of molding this program, and we put together a curriculum, and the curriculum was all centered on values. And those values are things like commanding respect, not demanding, uh, earning trust, self-sacrifice and sacrificing for others, developing and possessing a winning attitude, which is what we tell people, look, the only thing you can control in life is your attitude. Adversity will happen, but it's your attitude you can control. We talk about ethics and morality and being an ethical person, an ethical leader. And then we talk a lot about other things that are peripheral to that, things such as fiscal responsibility and being able to take care of your own issues. Because if, if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be, in essence, a leader taking care of other people. So we, we put together a program, and um, we went to the schools. And what the program is is, we take young men and women, they're nominated by their schools, because obviously we don't know these kids, and they're nominated by the schools for having those three traits that we talked about. And we meet once a month, and then that once a month they're excused from school, so we do a regular school day, and we have our own curriculum, and we, we work through these activities uh, in case studies. We do a lot of interactions, very little lecture. We do team building, and it's really neat. It's... Uh, We've got three programs down here in South Florida, one in Belglade and Pahokee, which is a very impoverished area. Uh, usually when you hear about Belglade and Pahokee, it's when there's an NFL game and they're talking about, you know, the, all the football players that come out of Belglade and Pahokee. But what they don't tell you is it's written with crime and violence and AIDS and, you know, it's just a, a very a difficult place. So we really wanted to be in that community and it's been transformational. We're in Jupiter, and then we're in Boca. But then we also started two other uh, what I would call services or products. One is leadership workshops, where we go to each individual school or team, and we, we do two-hour workshops. And these workshops are uh, basically geared towards addressing one specific component of what they're struggling with, which is either adversity, they're struggling with team, uh, team camaraderie, they're dealing with many of these uh, concepts. They, they strive with... They stress issues such as the coaches are not being respected, uh, the kids are out of control, you know, so we talk a lot about that. And then uh, two years ago, my whole concept was, geez, if, if we can get the captains of the teams to emulate the right behaviors, then, my gosh, we could have a tremendous influence, right, because kids look up to these captains. So we started a program called the Captains Leadership Summits. And what it is, it's a one-day summit, and we bring kids that are captains or aspire to be captains from different areas, 
into a one-day setting, and we talk a lot about what are the roles and responsibilities of a captain, what are the traits and qualities that a captain should possess, what's the image that a captain should, you know, emulate, and then we put them through a lot of case studies. We're actually doing one in Lake Point, uh, Georgia, which is in Emerson, Georgia, here January 26th, and we're excited about that. So, you know, in a nutshell, it's it's just a passion to work with kids to to try to develop this next generation, not necessarily to be the better athletes or the best GPAs, but to be young men and women of character, honor, and integrity, which is really what we stress. So let me ask you, Buck, why did you why did you start doing this? You've got a large family. You've got grandkids. What got you motivated to try to get into this area? I know. I think we're put on this earth to give back, and I, I really believe that we're, we're put here to, to, to do more than just take care of our own needs and um, there's such a tremendous need out there and when the more we talked to uh, I was a guy that whenever there was a sleepover the kids were at our house we, we were always being able to, to see observe and a lot of these kids uh, you know they're struggling they're struggling for someone to love them they're struggling for someone to, to just listen to them a lot of these kids are being talked to but they're not Nobody's listening to these kids, and they all have a story, and they all they all have a lot to offer. So what we want to do is give a forum to these young men and women where they can, you know, become the better person that they can be. So, you know, I'm, you know, one of the things that um, I committed to was I would never charge a kid a penny for any services because I, I truly believe that the whole concept here is to reward kids for the right behavior. So. We shouldn't be making it whereby the kids can't afford to go into, you know, whether it's a workshop, a captain summit, or the ACE program itself. So it's just a desire and a passion to give back. I have a saying, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. And it sounds to me like one of the things you're working on is is indeed that, the, the, the attitude, the mindset, and helping them develop that. I, I don't think we spend, especially in sports, we don't spend enough time working on the mental part. You know, we, we spend so much time teaching skills and fundamentals. And I, I share this on my weekly radio show in Kansas City all the time. We need to spend more time as coaches getting to know your athletes. As a coach, you're basically a psychologist. You're an amateur psychologist, but you're a psychologist. You have to understand these kids. And it sounds like what you're trying to do is help these kids understand themselves and understand what it's going to take to be successful. No, that that's right. I mean, I, I and I tell the kids right up front. Look, I'm not going to be able to make you jump jump higher, or run faster. That that's not what I do. But what I what I definitely want you to know is that you have the ability to be, you know, a more positive attitude, a more willing desire to excel, a desire to help others. I, I said my my role is to try to make you a better person, and from that. There might be some peripheral activities that make you a better hitter or a better, you know, football player, or whatever. I can't control that, but my whole thing is for you to be successful in life because, you know, one of the things that we 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 tell these young men and women is that, you know, all you hear about is, you know, the football, the football, the football, and the money. But you know, we tell these kids that the average football player gets drafted. The one one thousandth percent of a, a kids that get drafted, they get drafted at twenty years of age. That means that they don't finish school. And the majority of them, um, on average, they retire or they're out of football at 23.8. That means they did not get their pension because you need four years to get a pension. And then those that succeed are usually 80% of them are broke by the age of 28. 
Well, you're exactly and right the because the, yeah, the average life lifespan of an NFL player is three point three years, so they're not even going to make it to that point. But you, well, we have a lifespan of seventy-eight to eighty, depends on you know what statistics you see. So, what are you going to do for those next fifty-two years in life? And it's it's hard for these kids, doc, to think about that because you know they're just looking at today or tomorrow. But sometimes, you know. We do bring in guys and gals to talk to them who have been there, and, and they, they can kind of reiterate those points. But it's really hard. And I, I look back to when I was 16, 17 years of age, and all I could think about was when's the draft and when, when am I getting picked up and who's going to pick me up. I mean, even though uh, academia was important, you know, it was hard to get, <laughs> it was hard to get past that what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, when who's going to pick me up. And, and it's hard for these kids to think beyond that. It's so let really, me let me know? ask you then, Buck. Yeah. How, how do you get through to them then? Because what you're saying, I, I agree with you 100. percent But how do you get into a young person's head, a 17, 16 year old young man, young lady, about this part of life? Because they're looking at the the money, they're looking at the materialism, they're not looking at the the non materialistic. I was I was asked people to come to my office to write out their goals, strengths, weaknesses, fears, and distractions. And typically with their goals, they'll write down all kinds of materialistic goals. I want to get a scholarship. I want to make a certain amount of money. I want to win a title. And I'll say, well, okay, those are great, but how do you get those? What are the non-materialistic goals, the things like how you feel about your confidence, about your attitude, about your motivation? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a magic formula. I mean, I, you know, I, I really applaud what you do. Uh, what we try to do is we do a lot of case studies, and then we bring in a lot of young men and women who have gone – uh, through what these kids are going through now. So we bring in kids that are in college. We bring in kids that are just into their 20s and maybe early 20s who have experienced both success and adversity. And we let them, because they can relate when the kid looks not very much older than them, they can relate and say, hey, wait a second, that could be me. So, um, And then we've got we've got some pro athletes that come and talk to the kids too and uh, basically – Expouse everything we're trying to tell these kids, but you know, um, there's really no magic formula. It's just a matter of just spending a lot of time with them, truly getting them to understand that the the greatest gifts in life that you can really work on is to be the best that you can be as a person. We we have a drill. We call it aspire to greatness, and we tell these kids that every kid is born to be great. But then we ask them to define greatness, right? So is it money? Is it power? And, you know, it's amazing to me, but I would say that 90% of our kids, and you, you might find this interesting, but 90% of our kids never mention money or power. And they talk about greatness as being able to be a good person, being able to give back. So they get it. The kids get it. But everything that's being thrown at them, from society, and especially, you know, the media and the, the short snippets on TV is all about money, and it's all about, you know, who scores the most touchdowns and home runs and who who, who has the ability to, to get those endorsements. And that's, they view, you know, it's like that's the view of society today is that success means, like, you know, you, you tell these kids uh, who, who came in, you know, who, who lost the Super Bowl last year. Nobody can answer that. Who lost the World Series? Because we treat them as losers instead of, man, what an incredible year. These guys accomplished tremendous success. They almost won the Super Bowl. But nobody can remember who came in second place. So you're always striving to tell the kids, is, you know, 
the test of the mirror. At the end of every day and every morning, you tell yourself, what is it that I want to accomplish today? And what is it about me that I want to work on today? And at the end, you know, we tell them, hey, hopefully you all, you all brush your teeth. And at night when you do that, look in the mirror and say, how am I doing, right? Did I do what I was supposed to do? Did I do something to make myself a better person? Did I help somebody else? How did I grow as a person? So as opposed to, you know, focusing on those materialistic things and, you know, did I get my three hits today or did I, did I get my touchdown today, work on what are the things that are making you a better person? And well, we try to um, reward that. At the end of every year, we do what we call our Champions of Character. It's a dinner. It's a nice event. ESPN Radio hosted for us. And we recognize kids for character. So we give out 12 awards that are called Champions of Character. We never mention their GPAs. We never mention their uh, their accomplishments on the field. We mention basically how did this person, you know, grow as a person? How did they become a better person? What are things that they do that are honorable? How is their integrity, their character, all those kind of things? It's really fascinating. And how do, you eva- how do you evaluate that? How do you quantify that for them? We... We are constantly working with these kids, keeping an eye. So some of them, uh, I'll give you some stories. We had, we had one young girl in our program who has been a type 2 diabetic since birth. And um, she struggled through it, but nobody really knows much about her. So she, she played high school uh, soccer, ended up getting a scholarship. She's now at the University of Pittsburgh. Her name is Kendall Hicks, incredible young woman. And she started a program. She was uh, she started a program to try to make young women stronger in character because she was a victim of what I would call bullying. You know, she was in some cases ridiculed for certain things, and um, so she she started her own program, tag team with another young girl in our program. We've got a young a young man in our program today, a kid named Wendy. He's a linebacker for Palm Beach Gardens High School, who. He's from Haiti, so he started a program. He's uh, it's uh, collecting shoes for kids that don't have shoes, and in places like Haiti and in places right here in our, in our own backyard in Palm Beach, we've got a young man that started a chapter teaching all the all the principals of the ACE program, teaching them to to kids that are in middle school. So you know these are kind of examples of of the things that our kids are doing, and they're doing it on their own. I mean, we're, nobody's really telling them to do this. Uh, we had a young man that hosted a Valentine's Day dance for a, um, what I would call a senior citizen center. I mean, these, these poor guys are coming in with oxygen uh, tents and stuff, and, and this is a, it brought such joy to these people. It was amazing. So those are little, you know, little snippets, little examples, but we're always constantly working with our kids to see what they're doing in their lives and how they're making an impact on others. So. It's it's really fascinating, you know. I I've got a lot of uh, hope for this next generation. I really are, do. I, they're they're good kids. I, I you know I agree I, I, I agree know, with you 100 percent about having hope for the future. But at the same time, one of the things that concerns me in my world as a sports psychologist with working with some of these these young athletes is the whole issue of social media and the impact that has on them and the need to get people to know who you are. And so one of the things that I've been thinking as you've been talking about is how do you teach these kids to be humble? Because to me, that's a main, main ingredient of success. I found that, that some of the best athletes have the ability to be humble and not be so self-focused. The ones who are self-focused, they can be great athletes, 
but they seem to be short-lived. They don't last that long, or they'll end up doing stuff to screw themselves over in the long term. So how do you teach kids in your program about that? You know, that's, a, that's just a, a great point, Doc, because humility is what we, we spend a lot of time on that, but it's so hard because you're living in the age of selfies. You're living in the age where a guy scores a touchdown and he has his adulation. You hit a three-pointer and you're waving to the fans. It's all about me. So it's, um, it's something we work on a lot, but we do it through case studies. We give them cases as a group, and we, we practice it. We talk a little bit about it's not, it's not about you. It's about they. It's about what are you doing for them? What are you doing for the next generation? So we, we use a lot of examples. My daughter, Chrissy's passionate about the whole social media things, and, and we check every one of our kids' social media. And if there's guns, if there's any type of lewd behavior, if there's any type of, you know, what I would call improper dress, I mean, they're out. We, we challenge that right away. But um, have you Have you had to kick some know, kids what? out then? Yeah, kid will get kicked out. And how do they, how do they react to, to that, and how does, how does that work? Basically, what happens is uh, just like any co- uh, college program, admissions office, or I think University of Florida has like 80 people dedicated to checking on every athlete's social media. So Chrissy, um, she goes through every kid's social media, but she warns them ahead of time. She warns them, and, and there's certain things we will not tolerate. We will not tolerate bullying. We will not tolerate uh, anything related to guns. We will not tolerate anything related to alcohol. Will not tolerate anything related to improper behavior, and you know we will we will meet with a kid and we'll say you know with all due respect this is everything we've told you about and we told you that we will not tolerate it, and uh, you know you can come back and apply next year, but as of now you're you're removed from the program. But you know social media to us is the most difficult thing. Oh my gosh, it's in your face every other day. It's it's toxic. And what we stress is we always ask our kids, you know, how many of them have, how many of them have a grandma, how many of them have a mom, how many of them have little siblings, and what you put on your social media, is that something that they would be proud of? Is that something that you would like to see your little sister or little brother be able to see about you? Is that something you would be proud to have your grandma come in and talk? And, you know, it's funny, a lot of these kids, especially, um, especially when they begin to reflect on, on that, they become very aware of it. I mean, that doesn't mean they're going to make mistakes. So they're kids and, you know, we were all kids once. But, but you, you, try to, you try to tell them that, look, everything that you say or do today, someone has a camera. Someone is taping it. Not necessarily someone who wants to do good for you. And is that worth a scholarship? Is that worth getting a job? Is that worth your, your next opportunity to, to excel at that next level? And, and then the, other, the thing we try to shame them with, which I hate to use the word, but it's every little kid that's going to that stadium, high school stadium or gymnasium, to see you play. Has you put, they have this perception of you. They have this perception of you as a person as a person that they root for, as a person they emulate, they idolize, do you want to let that person down? Do you want to let that little six-year-old down? And that's, that works a lot, uh, at least for that moment. But, you know, it's something we're always learning. And, boy, I tell you, if you have any ideas on that, Doc, that's something we, you know, that's probably our biggest challenge in today's world is this whole social media thing. It's just 
very difficult for us to. I, I agree. I agree, and it's 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 a problem we're going to be dealing with for a long time. Look, before we wrap things up, Buck, let me ask you two questions. Give me a definition from your perspective of success and failure. All uh, right. So when we talk about success, we talk about you know the ability to to maximize your God-given talents, the ability to optimize your potential. So you know. When we tell kids that, you know, your, your success, if you measure it in touchdowns, that's great. But how are you going to use that to be successful as a person, not as a football player? And one of the things we do, Doc, the first day of school of the class is we ask these kids, who are you? And they'll say, oh, my name is Johnny Smith, and I'm a football player. And then by the end, they'll say, I'm Johnny Smith. I'm a compassionate leader. I'm ethical. I'm moral. I command respect. And by the way, I play football. So we, we measure success by their ability to basically optimize their God-given potential to do things like being a person that commands respect, a person that earns trust, a person of integrity. You know, and, and we tell these kids, I mean, trust is something that's 365, 24 hours a day, and it's once it's violated, you might not ever get it back. So your ability to be a successful person is someone who someone can tell, say, hey, I trust that person. He is a person of integrity. That to us is success. Failure is when is basically the opposite, right? Failure is when you basically let someone down, right? Someone who trusts you and you let that person down. One, because you didn't honor your commitments. Your the word that you gave them as your bond, you broke. Um, you violated ethical and moral codes. You know, those are kind of things. Failure, we don't talk about failure as I went 0 for 4 or or I had, you know, five carries for negative five yards. I mean, that happens. As long as you're busting your rear end every day, as long as you're in those batting cages every day, as long as you're in the gym, you're studying film, you're doing everything you can, you know, that's all you can do. But So we don't measure failure as their physical outcome on the field. We measure it as their ability to succeed or fail as a human being by their conscious decisions. Well, that's validating the philosophy that I share with my clients and what I've talked about for the 37 years I've been in practice. My definition of winning is not that you came in first place. It's did you give the best effort you could? Did you try the best you could? And losing to me is quitting and giving up. It has nothing to do with what place you came in. It's about doing the best you can. Listen, Buck, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. A fascinating program. People want to get a hold of you. How can they reach you? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be happy. It's uh, We're on www.studentacesforleadership.com. I'm at buck at studentacesforleadership.com. Uh, you can call my cell phone anytime. I have no problem giving my cell phone out. It's 561-719-1777. And, uh, you know, I can't leave just totally applaud everything you're doing. I, I've got a real passion for what you're doing and how, you know, it's always about helping people, right? And you're, what you're doing and helping people and, lo- and changing their lives is phenomenal. So I applaud you for that. Well, I applaud you for what you're doing. You're someone who didn't have to do this. You've done this out of the goodness of your heart and wanting to help people out. And that's why I love doing this show every week because I try to talk to people who are helping kids and people out to become better and overcome obstacles and accomplish their goals. Buck Martinez, thank you so much for joining me today, and the best of luck with your program. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. I want to thank Buck Martinez for joining us today. That was a fascinating interview and tremendous program. I'd encourage you to get a hold of him and see what you can do to help him out. That program is teaching people 
about life, about values that they need to learn, and I think it's a tremendous program down in Palm Beach. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and you've been listening to Sports Psychology Today. Our show is produced in partnership with The Washington Times, and for more episodes, go to thewashingtontimes.com, and for information on our podcast or to advertise with us here, go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Wherever you're listening, please check in again soon for our latest podcast. Have a great day. You've been listening to Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Follow Dr. Jacobs on Twitter at drjsportpsych. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. Winners Unlimited.